But yeah, you've positioned yourself as a brand and as you mentioned earlier, as a business um, and you've done really well with that. So I think part of that as being established as this thing that you are should make it easier for the opportunities and the right opportunities to connect with you. And some people, I mean, based on my experience, I'm sure yours, maybe some people are just looking for, I don't know, a keyboard player or whatever to fill this slot. They're not necessarily coming for you and what you have to offer. They're more thinking of themselves and what they need. And that's probably where the disconnect is. So I, I think it is fair to for just sure. educate people on, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I bring to the table. And if you aren't looking for that or ready for that, then that's okay. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. Um, no, it's great yeah, points. Yeah, no, I think it's important because I think I made a post about this a um, couple days ago about um, not just seeing yourself as a player, but as a business, as a brand. Right. And I think it's important for musicians to see themselves as more than just a musician. It's really, and it's imperative for success. Yeah. 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 If you really are serious about your career in music, like you have to position yourself like a business, like a brand. And because there's so many musicians out here right, who are exactly. fighting to be seen and fighting for those opportunities. But if you position yourself correctly, you can stand out in the crowd. True. Like, what do you represent? Who yeah. are you as a musician? And right. like Anthony said earlier, like you need to know who you are. Right. As a musician, right? Like know I've yourself, seen, fam. Know mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> right? Uh, I've seen a lot of copycats. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's just fighting to be like this person. Or oh, I want to sound like sure. this. I want to sound like this. And yeah. I remember when I entered the industry, I said, I don't want to sound like anybody. I want to sound right. like me. Yeah, yeah. And I built and worked to figure out what my sound was and who Desiree D actually is. Yeah. Yeah. I had to work and work on that and really position myself in a way where I stand out. Right, right. I mean, I already stand out because I'm black. Yeah. I already stand out because I'm a woman. Yeah. And I stand out because I'm a musician. So right, right. I kind of already had that, but I also had to elevate that as well. Like, yes, I have those things, but what else do yep. you do? Yeah, and yeah. I had to build my online presence. Like, I had to be a content creator as well, because not a lot of musicians are content creators. True. Right? Not intentionally, And then right? I have the advantage of being yeah. a... Yeah. Not, not, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And then I have the added, I'm a teacher as well, too. So even if I don't get gigs, I teach as well. Right, right. So I had to, you know, be multi-diverse. Yeah. As a musician as well, too. And I think that's the other part of where this lack and poverty mentality comes is because they only have the fact that they're a musician. Right. So they're not multifaceted. So I think One it's also stream. important to be multifaceted. Yep. Yeah. You play an instrument, offer lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Post content. Right. Sell courses. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you have to be multi-diverse. You have to have multiple streams of income coming in, not just yeah. relying on the one musician income as well. So. And all the successful musicians are doing exactly what you're doing. I know I'm thinking of five off the top of my head already that just have multiple revenue streams, multiple uh, opportunities. So if one does dry up for a little bit, you know, they can depend on the other two, three or four streams that they've got going on. And that to me is the, the a great blueprint for success for artists and just 
kind of also just navigating the mindset, like you said, of the poverty mindset, but not only that, but the idea of what success means. Like it, it doesn't have to be millions of dollars and fame. It could be, I can provide, I can pay all my bills and I can live comfortably. That's a success. Cause you could be doing that in a factory or you could be doing that, doing some other crappy job. But if you're able to do all that you could do, if you were working at crappy job as a musician, to me, you're a huge success. Do you know what I mean? True. I like that. And we've talked about success over the years and different, yeah, for I guess, sure. uh, what it means to different people. But I think that's it. Like you just nailed it there. It's basically just freedom, the flex- flexibility to be doing what you love to do. Yeah. Um, again, maybe back to what y- your purpose is to do um, and still have time and everything else that you need um, to live a good life. So, yeah, that's... That's it right there. That's that's the dream. That's the musician's dream. You can let go of celebrity <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. the other things that might come along the way. And I think it's really just living that wholesome life, doing what you love to do. So that's that's great. Um, trying to just think of some of the things you said there because you talked about, I guess, really defining your sound and, and your style, what you present. Um, what are some of the things, like if I were to, like, for someone who might not be familiar with you, what are some of the things uh, about you, your music, that you would sort of describe uh, to like a new audience member who hasn't heard your music yet, or a potential client, something like oh, that? Well, yeah. Well, I describe my music as genre pushing boundaries, okay. essentially, is what it is like i bend genres and i push boundaries push musical boundaries so i want to show people that you can create and there's no strings attached right to follow Mm. the rules right yeah right and i've always seen myself as a rebel just in my personal life and in my musical life and i don't do things hey necessary but it's helped my brand (laughs) Um, yes um, I'm a rebel when it comes to music and I also don't think like everybody else does yeah right and I think about music in a different way and presenting it in a different way and I don't like to follow the rules I'm just being honest when it comes to music I don't want to follow the rules Right, right and I think that we get so caught up in like music being so regimented like it has Mm -hmm. to be this yes or it's not music right or you have to play this chord correctly or it's not right or you you know you have to do this concept correctly or it's not right and music Mm. is subjective absolutely absolutely oh you have to if you're an r&b player you have to only play r&b or if you're a jazz player you only have to play a jazz player so now you're putting people into a box right and black people put themselves in boxes all the time Mm -hmm. like you were saying about r&b it's you know if i'm a black person i have to sing r&b maybe jazz that's questionable these days (laughs) (laughs) r&b jazz hip-hop reggae and if i god forbid like a song by hall and oates or if i like a song from radiohead or nirvana that's not you know representing representing my blackness which i think we do a disservice to ourselves because there is great music outside of, you know, 
black music or traditional black, and all of the greats have tapped into it. All of the greats, like yourself, they don't just keep themselves in one box. So when you hear Kanye's beats and you hear a sample from great musicians, you're like, I didn't even know Kanye listened to X, Y, Z. And it's like, you know, well, why not? Why? Because he was black. He can't listen to it. And this this type of mind state that I fall victim to, I've legitimately fell victim to it in my younger years. had just been such a prison in terms of just the ability to not only expose myself to different stuff, but to receive and like different stuff. You know, I don't have to like what quote unquote black people like. You can like whatever you like and you're allowed to do that. And it's uh, something that more people in 2024 are embracing. But I think that message is still really important of just you can like whatever you like and your skin tone doesn't need to dictate your preferences and your, you know, the options that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. And then even like when I got started, I never saw myself represented in the industry. Right. And representation is also a big thing. Absolutely. Well too, um, especially for women. And back to the point that you made about, you know, uh, black people only doing certain genres because of being black. Yeah, then yeah. you have this thing where, oh, you're a black woman in music. Do you mm. sing? Right, right. That's the stigma mm. that I fight every really? single day. Wow. Break. Because. That's interesting. I, being a black woman in music, am supposed to sing mm. because that's how society sees black women in music. That's they are supposed to hold yeah. a mic. And sing. And that's all we know how to do. Mm. So when I didn't see myself represented in the industry, I said, where are the instrumentalists? Where are the musicians? Nowhere to be found. I said, I need to tap in to this lane. I need to start this lane. I need to pave this lane. Because I don't want Black women to feel that they're inferior and you should not feel inferior because of somebody else's consent. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Um, I feel that if I can be multi-diverse in my genres, women can be multi-diverse in their talents. Right. And right. we Amen. are not just singers. We are musicians. We are producers. We are engineers. We yeah. are A&Rs. We are music execs. Right. Right. We are managers. We are so much more than our voices. So I made it that decision to go in that direction. Oh, of course, I got all of the flack. I got people who were jealous. I got people who were envious of me. I got people who said I didn't know what I was doing and didn't know what I was talking about and that I was not capable Hmm. of making it. Mm. Wow. Because I decided that I was going to stand up against the stigma Right. as a black woman. I mean, I still get it from time to time. Like, I go to a show... And people still ask, well, do you sing? And I said, well, do you think that's all we're capable of doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? And I will fight tooth and nail until society sees us as more than just singers. And And it's so important. Yeah. And because what you're doing is allowing, you know, a young black woman to see there are opportunities and, and your representation matters to her because now she might see you and go, oh, you can be a keyboard player, you can be a drummer, you can be, you know, a musician that doesn't sing. Oh, that's that's amazing. And want to pursue it based on the idea of just seeing it being represented out there in the world. It's it's beyond important. It's 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 crucial 
to you know our our community is for them to see the representation out there because the younger generation can gravitate towards whatever they want and not feel oh i don't really see a lot of black women doing that so maybe it's not for black women you know it's it's such a silly and ignorant mentality but unfortunately a lot of us fall victim to it a lot of us mm-hmm. and that's why representation is so important yeah Right. Mm-hmm. You may think it's odd. It's not. I'm okay with being an oddball. Trust me. Right. I've been an oddball my entire That's life. Right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. But same here. So I, I totally just, I'm tired it. of seeing the same thing. Yeah. The time. Yeah. And yes, it may be comfortable and we're so used yeah. to it, but we also have to op- have an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. As well. And I mean, in the first, I want to say first five or six years of my career, it was hard. Because people weren't open-minded right. to yeah. what I was doing. Um, they thought that, oh, well, well, why is she doing that? Like, you don't see black women doing like this. Like, specifically so to she's just playing else. and not singing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, so why don't you sing? Or they ask me when I go to my gigs, like, what do you use the mic for? I said, I talk. <laughs> <laughs> talk to my audience. Right, Like, right. oh, you're going to sing today? And like, it, it Actually, this happened last week. I had a show. And I told them, yeah, I need a mic. Oh, are you going to sing too? Talk. Right. They're like, mm. oh, mm. that's that's interesting. But then even though there's some ignorance in there, um, it's like they're intrigued all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. It it's is like a, a double-edged sword <laughs> sometimes. Really yeah. Right? But it's piquing the interest. Oh, what do you do? I'm an instrumental fusion artist. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Right? It's interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, get to tell my story. You know, I get to tell you, like, this is what it is. And this is why I love being multidiverse. I love being gender or genre fluid, as they want to call it. Right. Right. I don't conform to just one genre right, of right. music in my playing. And I don't want to do that. I like that people get different vibes. Like, oh, I hear this. Oh, I hear this. Oh, I hear that. Yeah. And then some people are just like, but we don't know who you are. And I'm like, that's, yeah, yeah. I know who I am. That's all mm-hmm. that matters, right? Yeah, I was classically trained. Like, I was self-taught when it comes to jazz. But I don't conform to you just shouldn't. one genre. And I think that's what people expect. It's like, well, we want to know what genre you belong to. And I'm like, <laughs> pick a side. I don't belong yeah. to either of them. I just yeah. pick. I pick whatever I feel based on how I feel on that particular day. So if I'm feeling in a jazzy mood, I'll play some jazz music. Right. If I feel like a punk rock star, I'll be a punk rock star. Right. If I want to go to church, I'll go to church. Take them. Uh, and if I want some soul, yeah. I'll be soul. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. I'm, I'm a chameleon right. or a unicorn if you want to, you know. Or just a sponge way. to all that you it's receive. Too, yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's okay. It's only our community that has that idea that, like, if a white guy, for example, says he likes hip hop, rock and roll, and whatever, we don't bat an eye. Same with Asians, but if black people say they like punk or they like disco, whatever, country, it's mm-hmm. just like you get this weird like, what? And it's it's such a weird, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's it's weird how many times I've encountered that in my life. Even just articulation or education mm-hmm. is like yeah. seen as like, whoa, you're really well-spoken. And I'm sure you get that because you are very well-spoken. And it's like the backhanded offense that I take to Mm -hmm. some of those responses is just, it's mind blowing. And I think it's not so much on us as well as it is on the other people to 
not put us in this box. Like maybe your opinion of what a black woman is, is too narrow and you need to expand it. It's not on us. You know, it's also on the people that are having these weird, ignorant yeah, exactly thoughts. In their ignorance. Head, so. That's, those, that's, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. That's extreme ignorance, especially about speaking mm. and education. That's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Or right. Just, yeah. We could go on. It is black history month, but we won't, we won't go there. People <laughs> realize that all of music came from black people. Don't, don't get me started. I, I can go so on. So it's like I'm confused as to why you feel that I can't be a punk rock star because I'm black. Right. Didn't all right. music come from black people? Right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. Make it make sense. It's yeah. not yeah. mathing, guys. Yeah, it's not <laughs> math. It's not <laughs> mathing indeed. Yeah. Math-ing. Um, so, so we got way into that conversation and you're taking us through a journey. <laughs> I, where did we leave off? 23. Um, I guess we could... Yeah, yeah I guess we could fast forward a bit. Um, yeah. I know you've had some <laughs> new, I don't know if they're really new, but you've had some different collabs and things that have been on the table more recently, uh, I guess between 2023 and 24. Can you talk to us about some of that stuff and brag a little on what's going on in your yeah. life? Yeah. Well, I mean, 2023, I finally got to focus right. on myself. Right. And I did probably the most shows I've yes. ever done solo in my career 10 shows last year wow and that was amazing um i won my very first major award last year congratulations foundation i won the uh, sirius xm black canadian music award first instrumental artist to win that award so this is what i'm saying like i'm in moving in spaces where normally is dominated by vocalists right and i want to move into these spaces and be like, hey, it's not just the vocalists that are thriving, but the instrumentalists are thriving as well, too. Mm -hmm. But also to show people that it's not just vocalists who can apply to these things. Like, if you are an instrumentalist and you have music, you can apply to these things. And breaking those barriers that the industry has, like where it's dominated by vocalists. It's like, I want to break those barriers down. And let people know, like, you can apply to these things. You can be an instrumental artist. You can put out music if you're an instrumentalist and apply to these things. Uh, In addition to that, um, I got to go to NAMM. That's a big deal. Oh, wow. What was that experience like? For the first time, I got to go to NAMM. But even before I talk about NAMM, let me just uh, rewind really quick. Um, So I got endorsed by Yamaha last summer. Nice. And that was a dream come true. Uh, I had been actively in pursuing endorsements for the last five years. And I had a whole pitch written, had it written for about five years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was ready. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I actually, they just released the episode that I did with them for their Y440 nice. series, uh, season three. So that's up right now. And it's been posted for... I think a week, and it has almost ten thousand views nice. already. Wow, that's impressive. Like, that's very yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. nice. Wow, like yeah. very impressive, literally. Um, yeah. So with that, I got to go to Nam. Oh, based on that. Oh, okay, so the pieces are coming together. Got you. Okay. Yes. I got to go to Nam, and when I tell you, my life changed when I went out. Really? When wow. I went out there, like. The people that I met, uh, the people that I got to talk to, mm-hmm. I got to see a lot of 
friends that I made on social media over the past four years in person. Nice. Finally. Yeah. Um, I got to sit with Mike Burrell, who's like the top gospel music producer. Like, I, we've been friends for a, a little bit. Gotcha. I got to talk with Doobie Powell. I had been talking to Doobie nice, Powell nice. Yeah, the yeah, pandemic yeah. and stuff and his right. brother, yeah, Kevin yeah. Powell. And um, I got to talk to people at Nord. They're another company that I'm trying to go after as well, too. But yeah. it was nice to like make the connections mm, yeah, yeah, in absolutely. person. Um, yeah. And while I was out there, um, I got endorsed by two more companies. Two more. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. So when That's really, people really tell amazing. you NAM is a serious place and you could literally change your life there. Wow. I didn't believe it at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm a believer nice. now. So I went, I got endorsed by Hammond, Oregon. Wow. So that's the newest endorsement okay. that I got that was just announced. The other one I can't really say. No worries. But yeah, like just how quick your life can change just going to something like this. Because I thought, oh yeah, it's a big trade show. You know, all the major brands course, are going to yeah. be there. And, yeah. You know, it's really only for gearheads. Hmm. And I didn't think I was going to go there and see Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He was there That's performing. Cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't go there and think I was going to be able to talk to J- DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got to take a yeah, picture was... with him and actually got to talk to him. That's amazing. I didn't think, because I didn't think this, right? Yeah, yeah. I, people were telling me, like, yeah, Nam is just a big mm. trade show. And right. Yeah. If you're a gearhead, yeah, you should go. Yeah, because that's, th- that's what I always thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you have to just experience things for yourself and not just take people's sure. word for it. Great point. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes people intentionally but unintentionally uh, don't want you to go to things. Mm. I, 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 to, I know what you mean. To, want you to know what really happens. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> right? So I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go to this NAM thing because I, I want to know what this NAM thing is about. But I met so That's many different people like and I made so this many NAM connections. <laughs> like I said, I came home with That's two cool, endorsements. Though. I was yeah. not expecting that. Yeah. Right? That's so amazing. now it's, I'm seeing it from a different lens and there are so many informative sessions that you can go to. Like they talk about social media, they talk about, um, just producing. There's a whole bunch of, there's a wealth of knowledge that you can gain that yeah. can literally change your career. So when I tell people, uh, or when they ask me like, how was now? I'm like, it changed my life. Yeah. Right. Literally. Yeah, yeah. And if you're serious about your career, you should go. Mm. Of course. course. Yeah. There you have it. Huge endorsement yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. That's a big one. Not no, to be seriously? confused yeah, by Niam. Niam is different, guys. Thing, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to follow up on something you mentioned there because you talked about Yamaha. I know I got jokes today. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so you said like, I love how you just power yeah, through yeah, them like, though. Yeah. You say the joke and then it's just funny because like, I mentioned it earlier and it kind of slid by. So this is like a redo. Oh, of, uh, okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, redo. Okay. But you mentioned five years of basically well. like pursuing companies um, for endorsements. And then you said like when the Yamaha came uh, along, you basically had your stuff ready and in order. So can you talk to us a little bit about that process, like the preparation, the pursuit, and then ultimately mm-hmm. you got Na- um, Yamaha in the summer, went to Nam in January and landed more. Mm-hmm. Is that all connected to what you went through in those five years as far as connecting with companies like just talk to us a little bit about those details if you could yeah so 
2018 was a very rough year for me, actually. Um, I almost quit mm. music mm. at that point. Yeah. And it was because I just wasn't, I didn't feel supported in what I was doing. I also didn't know what else I had to offer. Right. Got you. Just being honest. Yeah, yeah. And one day God spoke to me and he said, Desiree, what are you doing? And he said, I gave you more than the one talent. And you're sitting on a bag of talents right now. Right. And you're not utilizing them. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how on the brink of quitting, God just snaps you out of it. And he's like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Right? And I think I was so hyper fixated on the piano that I forgot that I had other talents. I just ignored all the other things that I was good at doing. Like, I play at multiple instruments. Right, right, right. And um, I have a whole computer here with GarageBand. Teach yourself mm-hmm. how to produce. I was already doing it, but I was like, okay, let me really take in this this program because I wasn't really taking it in like that. And yeah. then I discovered the loop button. Mm. <laughs> ignored it for five years. I had the computer for five years and ignored it. Yeah, yeah. And it was sitting right in my face. But it's because like... I, I had that revelation where it was like, okay, I'm not using all the gifts I'm supposed to. And I'm really not paying attention to GarageBand the way that I should be paying attention to it. Mm. And when I started paying attention to it, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. And I kind of also put myself in this box as well, too, where I was just playing gospel and jazz because that's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. And once I came out of that box, I was like doing heartbeat, hip-hop electronic house i was doing all these different styles and i was like oh hey this this works yeah with mm-hmm. what i'm doing but it's different it's it's vibes like i really need to do this mm-hmm. so much so i started posting content on social media right like, that's when i really got serious about posting production content like yeah i was still learning the ropes i didn't ask for help i'm I kind of just figured it out on my own so i would post some things that i would do mixing my jazz chords with like house or missing mixing my jazz chords with electronic sounds and electronic beats and hip-hop made those posts and i kept doing it and at that point um i think i was about five almost five years into my career at that point and i was like somebody actually was like um are you endorsed by any companies yet and i said no i'm not they're like you should you should try and i said oh okay uh so i figured out how to pitch. At that point, I had management. My management was like, you should write a pitch. Right. So I wrote a pitch kind of talking about who I was and what I did. And obviously, I updated it every year because right. if something was added to what I did, I would update the pitch. And I think for me, it was just trying to find the contacts. Couldn't find any contacts. I did my research, couldn't find any contacts. Um, I asked people. People didn't want to give me nothing. I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. Uh, So I kind of ignored it for a little bit and kind of left it. Um, And then it was in, I think, during the pandemic, I said, let me try again. I reached out. So the first one I reached out to was Nord. Right. Because I had somebody who was really nice who gave me contact for Nord Mm. in Canada. Yeah. And I sent them off my pitch. Didn't hear anything. So I was like, okay, let me just keep it moving. Let me keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and then in 2022, I was trying to find the contact for Roland, found an yeah. email, sent out an email, no response. I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Couldn't find a contact for Yamaha at all. Right. So I was like, okay, whatever. So 2023 comes along 
and I was doing a photo shoot at a studio in Ajax called Velvet Season Studios. And um, I knew, I happened to knew one of the owners there. I mean, we have mutual friends and all of that. And I had gone in for a tour and we kind of chatted and she's like, yeah, I have a, a friend, I have a, like a, a co-owner -par co partner and like she only comes on certain days. So I said, okay, I wanted to book a shoot and it just so happens the same day that I booked the shoot, the other owner was there. Right. So I had a conversation with the owner and we were just talking about music and she just casually said, so my husband works at Yamaha. Mm. And I was like, oh, eh. Yeah. And not knowing that I was actively pursuing endorsements. Right. Yeah, yeah. So after I did the shoot, came home, she sent me a DM and she said, here's my husband's information. Contact nice. him. Wow. And so I copied and pasted my pitch into the email preparation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I had forgot to hit send. And I didn't realize I didn't send the email. This was like the end of April. So May 1st comes along. And I see that I never sent the email, so I sent the email on May 1st. And I kid you not, within half an hour, I got a response back. Nice. Wow. That's and amazing. And they're like, yeah, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, forward me to the, the keyboard manager, which I then found out was black. <laughs> ah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I say all this to say that timing hmm. is everything. Yeah. Timing, really, yeah, it's timing. It really, really is, yeah. Because we can be, well, we can think that we're ready for the endorsements, but we're low-key not ready. Right. And seeing yeah. the journey of how everything unfolded, I really was not ready for no endorsements at that point. Yeah, yeah. And people think that, you know, you can just get endorsements and be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to get it. But are you ready? Right. Do you really do you know have, what that entails? Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you know what that entails are you ready uh do you have the resume to back it um what have you been doing right on social media because they look at those things gotcha. companies look at your socials yeah. and that's what i realized even when i went to nam people look at your socials they're like what what does she have going on right. like me getting the the endorsement at ham and organ the guy the guy said send me your socials he said text them to me i said oh right okay right. So like, and he emailed me and he said, wow, your socials are like, I was blown away. Wow. So when people think that socials are nothing, socials are like the top thing that they're looking at. Wow. That's right? interesting. Yeah. And I guess um, that it's because that's it does. For sure, You'd be surprised. Right? It right. Yeah. Does. Right. Right. It matters so yeah. much. And I didn't think it did back in 2018. But then I realized, well, you know, I was kind of in that like realizing what my true sound was and then starting to really post and then also still trying to in pursue endorsements. But I really mm. wasn't ready at right. that time because I'm just making this realization about myself. I really need to put in some more work before sure. I go after things. And I think that's, that's there's a lesson in this where um, you have to prepare for what you want. You have to prepare for what you're asking for. So if you want endorsements, what are you doing to prepare for that? If you want the big tour, what are you doing to prepare for that? If you want right. to play for that artist, what are you doing to prepare for that? Um, if you, like, how's your socials? What are you doing on social media? It really does matter. I mean, I hate it at times. <laughs> yeah. But I, I know, like, I see my social media page as my, my resume. Fair, yeah. Right? So even down to 
like showing my skills, um, con certain mm -hmm. content that I'm posting, the way I look is very important as well too. Like there's a look, like if you have your own personal style, right? Do you have photos? Right. Most musicians, I go on their page, there's no photos, no professional mm. photos. I'm like, do you not take photos of yourself? Mm. And I don't think they realize how important it is to, like, your look is important. And you should have professional photos. Like, I'll ask musicians sometimes when I'm putting on an event, do you have a pro photo? Oh, I don't really have a pro photo, but yeah, I try doing this. a podcast, yeah. talking right, to musicians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> try to get some cover <laughs> art. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's important. <laughs> Like, and this all ties back into yeah. branding right. yourself right. and presenting yourself um, in a professional way. Sure. And it's not just about how you play, like your look, your socials. Do you have photos? Can people see what you look like? Are you posting your skill set? Do you post shows that you play in? All of that ties into being seen. Right. Right. And the most important mm. of all is your character. Mm. And I have to talk Say about that this. again. Because character is so important and people think that their skills alone will get them these big opportunities. And I have to remind people and I have to burst their bubble and say, I'm sorry. But if your character is not up to par, people are not going to book you. They don't right. care how yeah. good you are because the impression that you leave people, they will always remember that. They're going to remember how good you are. They're not going to remember how well you played that lick right. on your guitar. Right. They're not right. going to remember how, how, how fancy you are with your chords. They're going to remember how you treated them right. and how you yeah. spoke to them. Exactly. And if your character is not up to par, people are not going to book you. They're going to take the person who's probably not as good as you, but their character is flaw like flawless character. Right. Like they know how to treat people. Um, they know Every how to time. speak to people. They're easy um, to get they along have with. Good decorum. They get along with people. Um, they do the work. Yep. Right. And people think that because they're so talented, they don't got to do nothing. Right. And right, think that right. these opportunities are going to come to them. And sadly, you're mistaken. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, that's life. <laughs> so all these things factor into getting the endorsements and getting these opportunities. Like, you got to figure yeah. it out yourself. I got this show Chris. title, guys. This is exciting. It's Know Thyself. And I think that is very important. Know Thyself. For, uh, well, musicians for sure, but just, I mean, we have all sorts of people listening. So Humans. anybody listening, yeah. just life lessons. I think understanding who you are. I mean, if we missed that during a two-year pandemic, then that's a shame, but it's not too late. You definitely need to take some time to understand who you are um, and go deep. We yeah. talked about this a couple of times, too, just understanding what your skill sets are, what you can offer other people, because that's important. It can't be a, just a take-take. you got to be able to offer something. If you want something back, if you want money, if you want opportunities, then you have to come to the table with something. Um, and it's got to be sincere. Yeah. So I love how you mentioned character as sort of the last piece of this puzzle because showing up on time, showing up, making people know and understand how much you care about not only yourself and what you bring to the table and what they're going to perceive of you, but also their brand because that's important. I'm not going to trust you with my brand if you show me that you can't even take care of your own or yourself, right? So there's got to be an alignment on so yeah. many levels that I won't get into, but I think... I think you did a really good job of breaking it down there. So, yeah, know thyself. Thyself. I love it. Yeah. Know yourself. And you know what? This is the year to figure it out if yeah, you yeah, haven't already. True. But also, this is the year to put yourself out there if you haven't done so. And I think I said this on my last show to an audience of people that I don't even know. But I said 2024 is the year to put yourself out there if you haven't sure. done it already. 
Put in the work. Fair enough. Looks like and we're going will. out there. Yeah. Put in the work. Yeah. Know what you want and go after it. And you will be prosperous and yam. Much foods. Yeah. 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 And always preparation. I think that's like, I forget, the, I'm going to butcher the quote, but preparation or opportunity is the crossroads of preparation and luck. And it feels like you yourself were preparing for five years for an opportunity that just accidentally landed in your lap. And, and that's beautiful to see that, you know, you were ready. And most of us wait for the opportunity, then try and get ready. But preparation has to be, you know, you have to start before the opportunity yeah. presents itself. Cause like you said, someone might want to take you on tour. Someone might want to do X, Y, Z. Are you ready for Are the opportunity when ready? it presents itself? That's like faith without works, right? Like you got to do your part. You can't just show yeah. up expecting you got to right, do right. your part. So put in the work and to other people, well, there's a lot of opportunities that, I mean, collectively we've all had in our various, whatever we do, the other people might look and be like, well, why does he get that? Why does she get that? She doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve right, that. But right. If you're prepared for it and you put yourself in the place for when the opportunity comes that you can say, yes, please, or, yeah, I'm down, then, I mean, that's that's what it is, right? So um, just want to say yeah. great stuff, all you've done, all you continue to do. We look forward to watching your future growth and success, and we couldn't let you leave here without shouting out your socials and letting people know where to find you, so please do. Or if you have anything coming up, that, please promote. Promote thyself, fam. Well, (laughs) 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 oh man. Well, for starters, I have a upcoming show for Black History Month coming up. Nice. So I started curating my own shows last year. Something that I has been on my heart to do, and just to really showcase all the amazing talent that we have in Toronto, and to really give independent artists a platform. Because I mean, there are platforms, but those platforms are very selective. Right. And uh, there's so much talent here. And I just want to give people an opportunity to showcase their talent. So I decided to put on a Black History Month uh, show. Uh, It's called Black Power, Mm. celebrating uh, Canadian Black talent. And that's happening next Friday, actually, uh, February the 16th um, at The Bunker. All the information is on my uh, socials. Um, and then I have another show coming up on March the 1st, just in time for International Women's Month. Beautiful. Um, and I'm going to be uh, opening for Dominique Grant. Uh, she's having Very an nice. event um, on March the 1st um, as well. Uh, and then this weekend, I'm playing with the University of Toronto Gospel Choir. Nice. So we've got a Black History Month coming performance coming up for that this Saturday. Uh, and that's happening at 7 p.m. at the Isabel Batter Theatre. And there's also details on my socials. Which are? And if you you want all of these um, details, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Desiree D Music. And of course, you can type in Desiree D on Google and everything will come up. Music. Just Google me. Everything is there. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting thanks for doing it again i didn't realize this was yes. number three so really that's exciting for the three. yeah i think you might be yeah she might be she, the she, she's most like returned with Sean Wilson. i don't she's know up there ever, but the two right you, Sean i Wilson. guess we like both yeah, keyboard players yeah. that's so random well i'm always i'm always ready to interview and talk to you guys so whenever you guys need me to come back Maybe in the next couple years, I'll have some more. You will. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you. Until next time, everybody. 
Stay safe.